Welcome in, everybody. I am Chris Landry. It is ACC Football and Beyond for this Tuesday, uh, October 26th, as we take you through the league game by game, team by team. And uh, we're looking forward to doing that. I, what does the power rankings look like at this point inside the league? Um, we'll examine Wake Forest. We'll examine Pitt. We'll examine Clemson. I'm going to take a look at everybody and kind of see where they are game by game, team by team, um, some of the issues that are going on within the league. Uh, what's going to happen at Virginia Tech? Uh, that's another issue that we're going to have to look at. Um, Justin Fuente, was that the final straw for him, the loss uh, last week uh, to Syracuse? Has it saved Dino Baber's job? A lot of questions. Uh, we're going to try to get you some answers today here on ACC Football and Beyond. Brought to you by The Daily Tip. Uh, presented by BetMGM. More on that in a bit. Um, reminder that uh, to catch this show, it's very simple, and we're going to try to make it simpler for you. To get all of our shows, go to LandryFootball.com. It's free. LandryFootball.com and click on the shows. ACC Football and Beyond. Big Ten Football and Beyond. SEC Football and Beyond. Big 12 Football and Beyond. Pac-12 football and beyond. We got it all for you. Check it out. Uh, the Scouts Eye on college football. The Scouts Eye on uh, pro football. The Landry Football Podcast. Uh, we've got all of them for you over at LandryFootball.com. So take advantage of it today. Uh, take a look at all the free stuff. And then, of course, if you're interested, you can get all the behind-the-paywall information with regards to um, the scouting reports, the information that we provide for you uh, on the film room breakdowns of the games that have taken place, the games that are forthcoming. We got it all for you. All the coaching search stuff, uh, we do have it all for you right there. So with that, let's get into some discussions on kind of where things are at this point. Um, this is something that I think we need to look at. And I do want to have a conversation about Wake and Pitt. And I, I've been asked this a bunch. What happens if Wake runs the table? Wake is 7-0. I have said I don't think they're going to run the table. I do think there are some roadblocks to their schedule. Um, I think their defense is very weak. Uh, you know, I expect them to beat Duke. North Carolina is capable. NC State certainly capable, as is BC. Um, and certainly Clemson, while everyone has given them up for dead, and understandably so, I would not rule them out as a possibility. I think Wake loses a game, if not two. And I'm not so sure that that I wouldn't trust Pitt a little bit more. Pitt looks like the better team. And if it were Wake Forest and Pitt in the – ACC championship game, which looks like the clear likelihood and favorite. I do kind of like Pitt at this point. But let's suppose here that they run the table and they're 12-0. and Will they get into the playoffs? Well, you can't answer that in a bubble. You got to look at what else has taken place. But let me just say this. If Clemson, with the same schedule that Wake Forest has, is 13-0, no questions asked, they'd be in. It's name brand, it's perception. 13-0 Clemson. 
even if they looked as bad as they look, if they're 13-0 and with the exact same schedule of Wake Forest, they get in. It's the reality of it. Uh, Wake Forest won't get that benefit of the doubt. I think Wake Forest will be considered more along the lines of they're only winning it because Clemson's bad and the ACC's bad, and they probably won't get any more benefit of the doubt than, say, Cincinnati. That's the reality. I don't, I don't, I have no doubt saying that. Now, I will say that this is a very good Wake Forest offense. The quarterback, Sam Hartman, is good. He gets one of my game balls. He, the sophomore quarterback from Charlotte, is outstanding. They have a whole bunch of what we call super seniors or COVID seniors. I mentioned transfer portal and super seniors are the reason that Wake and Michigan State are successful. Pure and simple. They're benefiting from that. Arkansas is as well, some other teams. But Wake is benefiting from that. That's what's helped their team. Now, it's also that the conference is weak. I get that. But they're still pretty good. Uh, and they're still deserving of, of, of all the credit um, for taking care of business because they are Wake after all. I mean, they could have two or three losses. They don't. They scored. 70 points. He scored every possession against Army. Army scored 56 against him. Wake couldn't stop Army. Run game. And that's why, you know, someone asked yesterday about Army's time of possession. Well, that's exactly what Army can do. They can run the football, work the clock, and that's what they're able to do. Um, Wake score quickly. Army couldn't stop their passing attack. So it's quick scores versus long sustained drives. That's the reason for the disparity in terms of time of possession. Wake's a 16.5 point favorite against Duke. Then again, they conclude their season with North Carolina, which is, by the way, a non-conference game. I know that's weird. NC State, Clemson, and BC due to that quirk on the schedule. Um, but I do think perception matters. I do think the reality matters a little bit. Um, I do want to spend a couple of minutes talking about Virginia Tech at the top. Is I think Time could be coming to a close for Justin Fuente and Blacksburg. They have been an administration that's been very patient over the years. They are less likely to react to the moment and, you know, get rid of this guy. They're more of a let's let it play out. Uh, let's be a little bit more patient, uh, a little bit more methodical. That's kind of what they are. It's who they, it's who they are. It's what they do. But the relationship with Justin hasn't been quite as seamless as in the past. Um, And I think what we're going to see is uh, that become as big a factor as anything going forward. When you look at the remainder of their schedule, it's hard to see a path to him keeping his job. 
I mean, certainly if they were to run the table, he would. But Georgia Tech, BC, Duke, winnable games. But so is Syracuse. And they lost that one. So those three games are going to be pivotal. Then you got Miami, which, you know, Miami's a more talented team. That could swing either way. And then at Virginia. You lose at Virginia, I think that game counts triple. Because if Broncos able to beat you and you're not able to even beat your rival game, that is going to cost them and cost them dearly. Cost them dearly. Um, going to be a problem. Going to be a problem, no doubt. We'll get into where they may go. I have some thoughts on that. We're going to get that in the weeks to come when they start to make a move or if they make a move. Um, Duke and North Carolina were off this week. Uh, the only upset to me was Miami taking out NC State 31 30. It was a four-game win streak by the Wolfpack that was snapped. Um, An opportunity lost as they're trying, in my opinion, maybe maybe be the favorite. You know, you put yourself behind the eight ball there. You still look at the schedule and the standings. Certainly they've got a shot, but that's a game that, you lose, and you're looking inside the league. You're losing to um, to uh, to Miami, and now you've got a loss within the conference. You're two and one. Wake's four and one. Now you win out, which NC State, if they're able to win out, and they do have Louisville, Florida State. Then Wake, Syracuse, North Carolina. You could see them winning out, although North Carolina won't be easy. Syracuse, maybe not as easy as you might think. Louisville, Florida State should be easy. Then Wake. If you win out, NC State, you you win the, the Atlantic. But the problem is, even if you beat Wake Forest and you lose one of the other games, you kind of take yourself out. I thought that was a game that, they probably should have won, and they had every chance to win and couldn't get it done. <clears throat> um, Syracuse beating Tech and Virginia holding on to beat Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech so frustrating to watch. Louisville defeated BC 28-14 in a turnover fest. Florida State beating UMass and the track meet that was Wake Forest in, um, in Army. And then Pitt getting the big win against Clemson, and we're going to get into that. Um, in the breakdown of that game. I would put Duke at the bottom right now. I still would probably put Florida State, Georgia Tech. Could go either way there. Then I'd have to put Virginia Tech. Man, uh, then Syracuse, then Miami, then North Carolina, then BC and Louisville, then Clemson at five. Can you believe that? Four or five, Virginia, Clemson, and then NC State. I still think NC State, Pitt, and Wake Forest are the three teams that look the most complete, look the most capable in a league that's not very good, devoid of a team that's really very good. Those are the three 
Again, it's why I was a little disappointed in NC State not playing as well as I thought they were capable. Uh, Pitt's playing well. I think Pitt's playing the best ball in the league right now. Um, and then Wake, of course, getting it done. Sam Hartman was phenomenal again. He gets a game ball. Jalen Knighton of Miami, the freshman from Deerfield uh, Beach, Florida, was really, really good. Uh, Tandarian Wicks, the sophomore from Virginia, the receiver from Plaquemine, Louisiana, did a really good job. Caleb Channer, the uh, guard from Jefferson, Georgia, from Louisville, did a good job. Uh, Carter Warren, the senior tackle from uh, Pitt, Patterson, New Jersey kid, was really good. He was the best-graded offensive lineman for them this past week. Rondell Bothroyd of Wake did a really good job. The Manchester, Connecticut native uh, did a really good job rushing the passer. Even though that defense is not very good, he played well. I thought uh, Servake Dennis, the junior linebacker from um, from Pitt, Syracuse, New York native, uh, did a really good job. James Skalski of Clemson did a good job. Travian Red, the strong safety from Wake, did a solid job, as did Jude Kelly, the kicker from Georgia Tech. Uh, rookie, I got to go with Tyler Van Dyke, uh, the freshman quarterback from the Miami Hurricane. Um Wake Forest, I'm going to start with a negative, not just for any reason other than the defense was a mess. But I thought the offense was incredible. Um, didn't punt once, 638 yards, nine touchdowns. Um, they failed to convert on a fourth and one from the Army 45. Uh, it became a – it was unbelievable. Unbelievable game. Um, they um, – they did run a 4-4 stack look with one high safety. Playing eight in the box against this this uh, this offense is what you would expect there. But they struggled. They struggled really. They're they're not built to win this type of against this type of offense from a defensive standpoint. They had to win it with their offense. The defense is all over the place against Louisville and Syracuse. You some positive takeaways. They showed some adjustments, but they're not really that good. Now they're missing a lot of pieces. Again, injuries are part of the game, but places like Wake, you're not able to overcome it as much, but Johns and Villian, um, then the Zion Keith and Chelsea Garns and the Seer Greer and uh, the Slocum kid and uh, DJ Taylor and Colby Davis and Tyler Williams. Um, they're, they're not nearly as good losing all those bodies. There's no doubt about it. Um, defensively, they've got some work to do if they're going to go unscathed during the regular season or even have a real chance to beat Pitt. Uh, that could be a real shootout game, though, although I think Pitt has a better chance defensively of getting off the field than would Wake. Florida State, uh, good effort. Um, dominated UMass as they should. They did. Um, I thought they did a, a really good job. thought the backs ran through some big holes. Uh, very impressive there. I uh, thought they did. They're hanging together, playing hard. I uh, thought Jordan Travis did some good things, not exceptional, but ran the football well, did some good things, ran the RPO look pretty good. Um, you know, I thought the offensive line did a pretty good job, not so much in this game, but the past three games, Darius Washington and Dylan Gibbons are paired together. They are doing a really nice job. Chuba Purdy, I thought, got into some good action. Some good play there. Um, I thought they played pretty fast and were pretty good with their recognitions. 
um, impressed defensively and what they're able to do. Syracuse got it done, as we mentioned, against Virginia Tech. And a reminder, if you got any questions, send them to me here inside the chat room. Garrett Strader continues to play well. They're a different-looking team, no doubt. Um, close losses have been a problem. Getting it done here um, is really important. This is a game they – look, they, they, they played right with Wake Forest and lost the game at the end. This is one in which they could have lost but won it. It was – Fourth down, Syracuse went four for four and fourth down. It was the key in this game. Um, Sean Tucker got one of them, fourth and one, got a touchdown run. The run defense had massive issues against Virginia Tech. Um, you know, um, they had just one run of at least 30 yards all year, and they had several against uh, this Syracuse defense. Um Syracuse had a major meltdown at the end of the first half. It's one of the issues that you see that kind of gets frustrated with the coaching. Um, special teams up and down, gets a punt block, makes some plays. It's, you know, inconsistent Syracuse. Not sure where they go. But finding another loss, uh, finding another way to lose for Virginia Tech against, again, a, a Syracuse team that's fighting um, – says a lot about both teams. Mobile quarterbacks have been a problem for Virginia Tech over the years, and Garrett Strader was amazing again. Uh, the offense tried to keep up the entire game. Uh, Malachi Thomas, I thought, ran well. This was the worst Virginia Tech's defense looked all year. They gave up 550 yards, a nine-point lead with under three minutes left. I mean, they had the game, and that more than anything probably cost them and will probably cost Justin. You got a nine-point lead with three minutes left against Syracuse. They gave up the touchdown pass with Garrett Schrader, and then on the next drive, they gave up another TD pass for 45 yards. They were unable to pressure the quarterback late. They missed tackles. They took bad angles at the end. Um, the Virginia Tech's now headed on the road for four of its last five games. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's a positive because they were booed and there were some ugly, ugly comments coming out of Lane Stadium. Clemson and Pitt. Let's look at Clemson a little bit, shall we, before we get to Pitt. Um, and I want to give Pitt their due. Um They bench DJ Uliungalule. You got a real problem here, but the problems are greater than I think have been discussed and have been talked about. I think it's not just that the quarterback's struggling. Why is the quarterback struggling? Why is he regressing? His mechanics, lack of mobility, lack of confidence. That's coming from coaching or lack thereof. You've heard me explain before. Like I've said about Ed Orgeron, like I've talked about with James Franklin, Dabble Sweeney is not an X is an O guy. He's not a teacher. He can't, you know, he comes from the offensive side of the ball. He's never called plays. 
He's not a guy that's going to be able to fix things. He's also not a guy that's going to be able to work scheme around some of your weaknesses. Yeah, they got weaknesses. Clemson's fallen off the map. Why? They don't have the players that can carry the coaching staff, and they don't have as good a coaching staff on the offensive side as they have had. They miss Jeff Scott, even though Jeff is struggling and may not survive long-term at USF. They really miss. Tony Elliott's not the same type of guy to fix things. Uh, he's more of a player relations guy and not an X's and O guy. So DJ mechanics are bad. He's not comfortable at all. Um, they can't scheme around their problems on the offensive line. And yes, there are things you can do. The receivers are not being developed very well. Again, too many drop passes. Now it's not like um, it's not like they don't have talent, but I see some issues. I think Joseph not has shown flashes, but they're not. They're dropping balls. They're poorly running routes. They can't get open. They can't create separation. They have no versatility in their game. Um, they're not as good battling fifty-fifty balls. I, it, They've missed on certain players in recruiting, poorly evaluated, or, and I think some of that's true, they've not been, they're not coached as well. You know, they like to go vertical, which is fine. You can't pass protect well enough. The ball's got to come out quick. It's got to come out more accurately. If the fundamentals, the confidence, the vision of the quarterback's not there and you can't teach it right, then you got a problem. This is the only way we know how to do it, and we got to plug guys in and do it that way. If we have no ability to coach it better or coach it differently to get more out of your personnel, you're going to have a problem. That's the biggest problem at Clemson. We know it's the bigger picture. Well, he doesn't get transfer portal guys, and we got scholarship issues. That's a part of it. It's a big part of it. If you're not going to be able to coach it that well, you're going to have to get guys that can come in that you can plug and play, and they don't have that. They've lost a lot of four-star, five-star talent to the portal, and they don't replace them. If you lose a four-star guy and you replace him with a guy that's not nearly as good, maybe even a walk-on, and you can't coach around that guy, you got a problem. They don't have the type of staff that can develop a Hunter Renfro around the type of personnel that they've had there in the past. So they don't have depth. They don't have answers. They don't have coaching. And I don't know that they have an issue. There is a conservative play calling issue. Um, it, it, it's They've been very conservative in the past of how they do things because they can out-personnel you. Now they don't know how to attack defenses. Um, you've got to get more out of the offense, and they're not getting it. Um, this is going to have to be a hard look at bringing in a better offensive mind over a Tony Elliott. Um. I don't know what this is going to do for recruiting. I don't know what this is going to do for the perception of Clemson. Um, you know, 
they like to play the underdog role, but they like to play it with a lot of talent and, oh, we're just little old Clemson. Right now, they're just poor old Clemson that can't find their way. You you knew they were going to get their butt whipped by Pittsburgh. They got their butt whipped by Pittsburgh, and no one is surprised. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. You knew they didn't have much of a chance against Pitt. Let me repeat that. You knew they didn't have much of a chance against Pitt. They didn't. They don't. It's a problem. Where is the next great quarterback on the roster? Not there. It could be Cade Klublik. Um, That's the best chance. Maybe he's the guy down the road. Um, it, it's a real problem. They've shown some ability to run the football at times, but they get behind in games and they struggle. It's a real mess there. And I don't think it's the end of the world, but I think it needs to be addressed. And much like the other CEO-type head coaches that are not fixers, they got to hire somebody to fix it, pure and simple. Pitt, on the other hand, is doing a really good job. Um, I thought Kenny Pickett played well. I thought Rodney Hammond ran well. I think Jordan Addison is one of the better receivers that people don't know a whole lot about. Tashir Mack as well. Lucas Kroll, the tight end, graded well. Um, uh, Abina Kata ran well. Vincent Davis ran well. Jaron Wayne's really good. Bartholomew's really good. I think uh, Carter Warren, I mentioned with some of my game balls, did a good job. I really thought the uh, the offensive line was pretty solid. I think uh, Dennis played well at Mike Backer. Kansi at defensive tackle, Hill at strong safety, Williams at corner, Woods at corner. Uh, good performance. Um, I think Warren kind of stood out. Hammond stood out. This is a good pit team. I really like their chances. I'm more confident in them than I am in anybody inside the league this year. And we shall see. Miami is a team that upset NC State, can they do it again? Can Miami do anything consistently for two weeks in a row? Um, They get by Miami, got Duke that they'll win. I think I like their chances against North Carolina. Virginia and Syracuse will be bigger challenges than you might think. But I think this Pitt team, you got to go back and think, how did they lose to Western Michigan? They weren't the same team. A lot of mistakes. The game counts, but it doesn't define you. Tons of mistakes in B.C., Little one. BC's really struggled now. Um, it, the quarterback problems, the talk about Dennis Grossell. And look, I, it, again, you say, well, gosh, Chris, you make excuses for people that, that bad, that there's some teams enough. Look, BC's not good enough. They are not good enough, and they're not the expectation level. And the backup quarterback with Jakovic out, it's not the same. But at least with Dennis Grossell's played fairly well at times, you got a real problem. Um, they're not as good. Um, I thought Garwell and Sinkful ran well. Um, I thought the receivers were pretty average, mainly due to the quarterback play. I think um, Louisville did a good job dialing up some some pressures on this offensive line, which surprisingly graded out very poorly for BC. Um, 
Very, very disappointing there. Very, very disappointing. Um, NC State Miami. Thought Tyler Van Dyke did a really good job. Um, the secondary uh, of NC State, the linebacker struggled in coverage. Um, and I thought he made some big plays. I thought there were some instances where Miami receivers were wide open. Um, lack of communication on the back end. State had four sacks, only five hurries. Um, they couldn't get enough pressure there. They've been without uh, Peyton Wilson, Cyrus Fagan, C.J. Clark. Uh, then they lost another guy. Yeah, injuries are part of it. They weren't able to muster enough there. You wonder about those type of teams when they're able to ha- have to go down deep into their depth chart. They have trouble. Offensively is the, the play of Dennis Leary. He played well enough for State to win. He really did. Um, there were some drops by the receivers that were really brutal. Um, Devin Carter in particular. Uh, there were some throws that weren't ideal, but I thought he played well enough. If you take away Trent Penick's 40-yard run on a fake punt, State finished with 21 carries for 71 yards, 3.4 yards a carry. It's not going to get it done. Couldn't run it well enough. Um, they don't run the football well enough. They're 10th in the ACC in rushing, and it took a hit. And it was the biggest reason why they were not able to finish that game off or really uh, control that game at any stage. And it's the one culprit that's going to cost them maybe winning their division. We'll see. Uh, that's got to improve. Um, it's a it's a really tough loss. Um, I thought Drake Thomas was outstanding at linebacker. Uh, and I thought Trenton Gill punted very well. I thought Miami played their best game of the year. They had 420 yards of total offense. Tyler Van Dyke did a good job. Defensively, they, they swarmed to the ball, played well. You wondered. Why is this Miami team not doing this well enough, consistently enough? It's what you're going to get a little bit. I think we've seen enough out of Manny Diaz's teams to know what they're going to give you and what they're not going to give you. Van Dyke graded well. Charleston Rambo has been outstanding all year long. For all the inconsistencies, he's been consistently good. Jalen Knighton is a really good player. I thought Kinchins played well in the secondary, as did Williams. I thought Jonathan Ford did a good job on the defensive line. Not enough, not consistently enough. Um, Georgia Tech. Jeff Sims was pretty solid. Um, too little, too late though. Statistically okay, not consistent enough, not impactful enough. The running backs looked really good. All three of the Tech's running backs averaged over five point yards a carry. Did a very solid job. Um. McGowan and Sanders um, were the biggest targets. Two receivers did a pretty solid job there. Um, they were find they were able to find some open spaces. I thought the receivers played pretty well. I thought the offensive line did a good job. The defensive front did not have a ton of success in the backfield. I thought they did a really good job offensively. I thought this Tech team played well enough to win. My God, let's go to the defense where it was a complete failure. Um, they torched the secondary. Three different receivers averaged 20-plus yards a carry with Wicks leading the way. Um, Derek Allen um, 
struggled big time. The linebackers really struggled on design quarterback runs. The run fits were in their angles were very, very poor. They got zero pressure up front. It was a total defensive failure. Really, really bad. Um, it's the frustrating part of watching Georgia Tech play and figuring out, well, what what is the deal? That's the deal with them. The inconsistency is due to uh, how they play, really on both sides of the ball, but really more in defense. A, a poor defense of effort might have won that game for them. A slightly better than poor defensive effort would have won that game for them. They were atrocious. Thought Virginia took care of ball. They've, they've won first time Virginia's won four straight conference games. Give kudos to them. They're four and two. The two games behind Pitt, I know. Brendan Armstrong is the best player having the best year that no one really talks about. He's like a one-man offense. But they know how to use him and work him and paralyze you defensively. And boy, did they do that against Tech. Kayton Thompson and Dontavius Wilkes are really good as well. Um, I think they do a really good job. They they don't play. They haven't played four quarters consistently, um, but they they find a way to win, and they've got a playmaker at quarterback that allows them to do that. The speed is an issue for the defense, but they're getting better. This is a well coached team. They get a lot out of their team, and they know how to take. Whatever it is that they have and work the most of it. It's the most balanced offense they've had this year. Um, and kudos to them for that. Um, but a real good performance by Virginia getting it done and for Tech back to the drawing board. And that's another one we need to figure out where it's going to go. I tell you where you should go if you're into sports betting you know how quickly the lines can change. And when you've got a lot riding on those odds, it pays to stay ahead of the curve. So before placing your bets, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM for the best betting analysis and information. They are fun, informative, and extremely helpful. A lot can change between last night's games and today's odds. The Daily Tip gives you an early look at all the angles. Hosts Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messinger Break down the big takeaways and make sure you know everything you need to bet smarter. With featured guests like bookmakers, Odyssey insiders, and BetMGM experts, you've always got a fresh take on the action. Your friends will be wondering what you know that they don't. Not that you have to tell them where you heard it. As much fun as it is to bet on the game, it's even more fun when you've got the inside scoop. Ready to bet with an edge? Tune into the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Listen weekdays 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern on Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Uh, a reminder of a couple of things to check out LandryFootball.com for all the film room breakdowns of all the teams, all the games, and all the conferences organized by conference. We got it for you. Uh, and go and catch this podcast. Go to LandryFootball.com. Uh, you can go and listen to it, download it there, sign up there. Uh, Landry Football's conference call, if you will. We're going to take care of it for you. Uh, find it over there. Get all the film room breakdowns by going to um, the, the signing up for the uh, football season sale and encourage you to join us inside the chat room. Watch the show live 
uh, here on Twitch TV or YouTube or, or uh, Twitter Live, whatever is your uh, favorite. We appreciate you joining us. So appreciate you. And a uh, reminder that we'll be talking um, pro football at 4 p.m. Central today, Scouts Eye on Pro Football. I'll bring in you all the latest on that. So check us out then. We appreciate you joining us. Have a great one, everybody.